1: Welcome. Welcome to the Hustle Salt Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing human beings that continue to keep uh, checking out the show, listening, giving feedback. All of you guys, entrepreneurs, creators, hustlers, innovators, CEOs, doers, makers, musicians, fashion designers, uh, I, it's like, I I don't really ever want to group you guys into any one category because the way I look at all of you is the way that this show is designed. You guys do your own thing. You carve your own path. You're probably misunderstood. Everybody, not everybody. A lot of people probably look at you as like, really, why are you going to do it that way? You're probably anti status quo. Uh, You are completely understood here. I get you. My guests get you. And, um, you know, I, I always say, well, first of all, let me welcome the the newbies. A lot of you guys that are newer to the show. Thank you guys for being here. Truly for the day ones. I appreciate you guys. As you always know, thank you for the feedback and for all of the, uh, the ratings and reviews for the new people. I appreciate you being here and getting to know you and you getting to know me. And, uh, as anybody will tell you, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at Matt Goddisman. And, uh, I answer each and every text, reply, DM response, comment on the wall, you name it. Some people put me to test and I usually pass it. <laughs> so I appreciate you guys. Uh, and if you love the show, please leave a rating and review afterwards. And uh, we have another, well, actually, sorry, again, for the newbies, I really wanna express one thing. We don't uh, glamorize or glorify end success here. I have to say that on every show. It's part of the mission. It's part of something I really believe in and stand for, which is that success is a very arbitrary word. It is whatever it means to you. And that is a very important mission because I think often at times, success is thrown down people's throats as to like what they should and shouldn't do, what metric they should and shouldn't have, what title they should have in society. And I actually find that completely untrue. Uh, True success is you grounding yourself in your mission while you're here on earth uh, and uh, aligning your body and your soul to move together, to create what you are here to create and accelerate and accentuate and in your presence. Right? Um, That at least is to me my definition of success and I think it should be up to you for yours. But that's how I view all of you. So um, we're going to jump right into it and we are going to talk about mindfulness and how it is important to your work, your mission, and how we show up in the world. So I've got an incredible guest to be talking to, Yvonne Quaresma, and she is the founder of the Climate Journal Project. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Um, But mindfulness and how it is important to your work, your mission, and how we show up in the world. I know we see a lot of Instagram posts that talk heavily about these great quotes. Don't get me wrong. I love quotes. But as you guys see, I also write a lot of my own and also share all my thoughts. Um, But a lot of times you see kind of quotes and they say, you know, something very generic. And it's all about like, yes, getting a good mindset. Mindfulness is a process in my opinion. And I believe it takes time for you to get to know yourself and for you to understand you who you are understand your emotions understand your triggers the things that maybe you know get you upset where do they come from it uh, is about becoming present and understanding like what do you want what do you need what is important to you what would you like to pursue and when you start to really pay attention to the things that matter for you, it's really going to expand your work. It's going to help you have a position in this world. Uh, when I say a position, I mean a position for yourself on what what you'd like to bring to this world. And it'll allow you to um, show up for others because you're filling your own cup. And you hear people talk about that too. And it's just because you're putting you first and the better and the greater you understand yourself and the greater responsibility you take for yourself and the greater accountability and transparency you take for yourself and the greater authenticity you have, it's going to flow over into the rest of the world. And that's my rant. And so I'm going to talk to Yvonne <laughs> about that and just to cue up uh, you know, her background. She's a California native with an MA in food studies from NYU. She's the founder of the Climate Journal Project, a space and practice to alleviate environmental anxiety and fears. And the project addresses the intersection between wellness and environmentalism, helping people become closer to the planet through a climate-focused journal practice, a series of climate journal books centered around individual and planetary healing. And it's available on their website, so be sure to check that out, theclimatejournalproject.com. In her free time, she enjoys cooking plant-based foods, surfing, and hanging out with her friends, family, and of course, her dog, Amelia. Um, and I also, I love the fact about center around individual and planetary healing. Y'all want to help the planet. Y'all need to start healing yourselves. (laughs) That's all I'm going to put out there. Yvonne, thank you for being here. I I truly appreciate having you on the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Uh, what a wonderful introduction. I could not agree more. Yes. Uh, that is the exact foundation that climate journal project is based on. If if you want to start helping others, you want to start helping the planet. We have to start within.
1: So, I, thank you. I, absolutely, I love that, and that's what set you uh, aside and caught my attention in the very beginning. Because I was like, "Oh, perfect!" Like, you know, a, a person who's you know, I love the idea that we all think big. We should all think big, but we should all think with starting with ourselves to make that change. <laughs> and so that's where I saw you very yeah. different. You know, um, so I, you know, I told you before the show. the The first question is always the same, and it, that's the only question that's ever the same how do we get here? Um, and you wanted to take on that initiative. Um, you know, what, what you can go as far back as you'd like and, and how, you know, all the, 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 process, cause it also brings, I think, context to people about like, oh, wow, this person really is also about the mindfulness aspect. This is how she got here as well. And then from there, we're just going to riff.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, so I will take us back. Uh, to my childhood, I was born in Saudi Arabia, so I'm Filipino American. Um, but I was born in Saudi Arabia, Jubail. Uh and from a very young age, I think I've just been around many different cultures, many different people. I attended an international school, and I I loved it. I don't think I I don't think I have a similar upbringing to many people, um, and obviously having being living in a different country. And um, being of a different culture, uh, my parents loved to explore. We loved to go hiking. We loved to go to the nearby countries. And I think at a very young age, I've just been so grateful for the outdoors and nature and and also the diverse cultures. Uh, And so throughout school, and when I moved to California at the age of seven, we continued that ritual of going outside as a family, um, just exploring, meeting people, being super open. And I think that, you know, although my parents are not necessarily, you know, I I think they categorize them, or they identify as Catholics, I would still say that it was through them and through just that experience that has allowed me to become really spiritual and really mindful about the work that I want to do and the impact that I want to do in the future. Uh, and I did uh, business finance when I was in college. so I got my bachelor's in business finance. I loved it. I was in a bunch of entrepreneurship clubs. And then on my free time, I start I would start things like the vegan club. <laughs> I, but the vegan club was really, really cool. It was um, we did we went to vegan beer festivals. We did like vegan bonfires, plant-based gatherings, like plant-based parties. It wasn't one of those like protesty groups because I just wanted to make it really approachable. And so you can see here where I have the the two identities of being an entrepreneur and also being super, super passionate and attached to the planet and um, food and mindfulness. And so after I finished my business finance degree, I just didn't feel like it was the right fit. Um, Hence why I pursued my master's in food studies at NYU. And what that program is, it's the intersection between food insecurity and food waste. And the year that I was supposed to graduate was also the year that the pandemic hit all around the world. So May of 2020 was when I was set to walk stage. Um, And at that point, I was honestly depressed. Um, A lot of the projects that I had worked on for about three years as a master in food studies, it's already a unique, people already doubted that program and already doubted my decision to go into that program. Uh, let alone, you know, all the funding that was removed from a lot of environmental programs. And so moved back to California and uh, really had to understand, like, Yvonne, why are you so depressed if you're trying to do good in the world? And really had to do that reflection. Um, Like, you know, you got to live in one of the best cities in the world. Why are you still depressed? You are fighting for what you feel is right in the world. Why are you still depressed? I had to answer these questions But in order to be that productive person that I wanted to be, I needed some soul searching. Um, And so I turned to writing and dedicated my journal practice and my yoga practice to the environment. Hence, the Climate Journal Project was born um, because many people resonated with the feeling of environmental grief and climate anxiety. So... To summarize, um, at a very young age, I think I've always been super active. And because I knew that there was so much that the world is so eager to give us, I'm like, I want this experience for other people that can't have it. And so that's why I'm so passionate about protecting the planet, because I just feel that climate action is so much simpler than we think. It's all about gratitude. If we have gratitude for each other and the world around us, everything else follows, um, you know, your purpose, your climate action, social action, all of that follows. And so I really appreciate Matt, what you do, because uh, you highlighted that in your intro, mindfulness is a process. Um, and in order to get to what you want, and what want to see in the world, it's a lot of internal work. Um, and so not saying that I'm perfect and depression free, or anxiety free at all. But I do think that, you know, creating or journaling and taking the time to reflect on exactly what my purpose is has led me to be more productive in the impact that I want to make in the world.
1: I love that. And I love when you when you were saying the part about um, it's a lot easier than we think. And it starts with gratitude. And I was also thinking because the two words that came to me were gratitude and respect for one another. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, it sounds easy. Because it is easy, but it also requires um active participation and i I feel like sometimes people think like, "Oh well, that's too easy like it's like it is easy it's just that you have to actively participate and in you know respect it's not about I win you lose or the have and have nots and like all these other kind of behaviors that I think have developed over time and kind of getting back to kind of a core of I'm trying to take responsibility and accountability for myself and in doing so, how can I also be of a good human and of service to somebody else? And I think if we keep it that simple, probably take care of the planet a lot better, which is what you alluded to as well. And I, so I, I really appreciated that a lot. Um, and then, um, I like when you're saying that uh, entrepreneurial and attached to the planet. Um, And then the the part afterwards about when you first graduated undergrad and it didn't feel like the right fit. Um, I'm I'm glad that you uh, noticed that and then also made the change yourself. Like you took accountability. Again, the more I see people that take accountability for like, okay, this doesn't feel right. Let me try something else. I kind of feel like that's the where the solution, you know, that that leads to even more accountability and more accountability and more of bigger purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, I also want to say that everything happens. There's a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. I think business finance was, it has allowed me to understand the language of finance and entrepreneurship and business and how it's done. And so uh, I think that's, that's something that I'm super grateful for. I think in the world of, social and environmental impact and nonprofit and all of that sometimes uh that language or or that motivation to understand finances isn't always there um but i'm unafraid and i'm actually really motivated to help boost social good companies and social impact companies and find their way to becoming more comfortable um in those areas that that they might be lacking and so um Again, it's yes, it wasn't the right fit, but it somehow still fits in my life. It wasn't my purpose. It wasn't my dra- you know my place, but it still somehow has an influence in in my day-to day life.
1: And you started uh, at least you were telling me a thing a few weeks back, and you started uh, journaling live with other people, right? Yeah. I would would love for you to talk about that. Like, cause that, it was pretty, I don't, I mean, I don't know if we're (laughs) like how much you want to share with that or if it's still underway, but like, that was incredible because it, for everybody listening, imagine like, you know how like everybody gets like on zoom and, um, you know, or might do like a, you know, Hey, let's all meditate at the same time or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yvonne did something a little bit different. I want you to share what, what happened with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. So we, uh, when we started, uh, we were sending journal prompts to people in their email inbox, and people would receive a journal prompt every day. Uh, and at the end of each month, we invited everybody. And within two weeks, we, ha- we were at two hundred people. Four weeks, we were at four hundred. We were growing intensely. Uh, we were in Malawi, Africa, Brazil, mm. parts of Asia, the UK, random parts of the US. Uh, it was it was a massive group of people journaling, and so in my head, I was. Thinking, wow, there are so many people journaling with us and answering this prompt. Why don't we do it all together? And so we invited folks on a Zoom. And what we found in the journal session was, you know, people didn't need their camera on. Um, it was just really time for you to hold yourself accountable to, to journal. And if you are having a hard time journaling on your own, this is a community of other people journaling are interested in journaling too. Um, after the journal session, you know, we would prose a prompt, we would journal together, and then people stayed. Uh, we only scheduled an hour <laughs> event, but people stayed for up to two and a half hours, mm-hmm. just talking to each other about their deepest fears and their grief and their anxiety, and then with their hopes. And you know, that shows me that people, when when people journaled, they allowed themselves to be vulnerable with themselves. And then it gave them the courage to speak up and confront their fears or be accountable for what they want and share that with others. Um, and so something that I also love to talk about was, you know, everyone is at a different level, right? And um, during the pandemic, I think we were also plugged into our devices and our computers, but the journaling actually allowed us to disconnect for a quick second. And then when they came back to this journal group, they were so much more appreciative and the relationship was so much more intimate when they allowed themselves to disconnect for just a few minutes. Mm. And so that was a really interesting thing. And I wondered if we didn't have the journal session for 10 minutes, I wonder how deep, I wonder if that conversation would have gotten that deep in the first place. Like if we didn't do that work on ourselves, I wonder if we would have gotten there.
1: I I absolutely love that. I set aside time every morning. It's part of my, my morning routine. Um, and there were times where I was really on it. <clears throat> there were phases in my life where it wasn't as much. And it's been a return over the last four to six months of doing it. Um, and the impact of you having, I, I think the part that people may not understand and it's so impactful what you're doing is that it's like when you, it's one thing to have it on your calendar and for you to be accountable. It's another thing to... Quote unquote, show up to an event. And in a weird way, you're kind of like, yeah, the Zoom's on at like this time. And so people know they're showing up to something and they're doing something intentionally. And it's something like journaling, which is, I mean, guys that are listening, in a lot of ways, it's almost like praying. Like when, and there's a whole thing about like when you get together in large groups and collectively the energy is really, really good and you're journaling. And it doesn't mean that you have to write all like, beautiful things. You could be, you know, one of the morning things that I do is right, morning fe- morning thoughts, feelings, and intuition. It could be something is a little off, and I write about it, and it's a very interesting um, section of my journaling that I actually get to have a conversation with myself. Um, so you can imagine, though, the impact that has when it's like 400 people, 1,000 people. How many people are you up to at, at this point that are doing that?
0: Well, there are uh, like over 1,000 people that Are just in our community um, and hundreds of people that just join us here and there. But uh, I would say we try to keep our journal sessions like at around 25 because any more than that, it gets a little bit you have to break out into rooms. It it gets pretty hectic. Mm. Uh, So we try to cap our events really at 25 because that's about five groups of five. And Mm -hmm. it's just it's not as overwhelming. And so as and again i guess that goes with anything that i try to do i want it to be really intentional uh, as great as it would sound to say we have 500 people showing up to our journal sessions every week is that is that really the point you know is that really what i want to accomplish in these because 500 is great but am i really or is my community really learning from each other and really connecting mm-hmm. with each other the way that i want them to So we're trying to cap them at 25, and it's worked um, really well. Uh, And, you know, different schools have reached out to us, like Yale and Harvard, and a few Cal States in California have reached out to us to do some workshops. Uh, We've done a workshop with NYU and a few environmental groups. And actually, in the fall, um, we're going to be featured by the UN um, in terms of, you know, just bringing wellness and mindfulness Mm -hmm. into advocacy and environmental work.
1: I have a question for you on that and yeah. um, I'm trying to think about how I want to phrase it. Is it, is it really well understood by the um, the groups of people or the generations that, you know, haven't done this kind of mindfulness? The reason I say that is because, you know, you know, and please forgive my listeners, my listeners, please forgive me, like the boomers and the, and the older generation. I know plenty of boomers at Journal. I know that that wasn't necessarily a big thing, though, amongst the generation. Um, uh, so my parents and my grandparents. Um do they are is it really well received so when we got these bigger institutions and organizations is it really well received by them do they or or are they genuinely curious or really understand like wow like this really could be powerful and almost kind of like gets them to think a little bit differently about their approach as well because i would really love it because obviously uh, like our generation or the spiritual community but like our generation and you know and, and you know probably from like Y down, you know, and probably a lot of X like are really into it, you know. So I'm, I'm curious about like what you're finding in that and and how well they, I'm sure it's well received because they want to be, you know, part of, you know, like, oh, this is a great initiative. It's like, but do you get it?
0: <laughs> it's, that's such a good question. And, you know, it's interesting because you you hit the nail on the head. Our generation gets it. Uh, it it's, it's tough because the hard reality is millennials and Gen Zs are seeing the highest rates of anxiety and depression rates ever compared mm-hmm. to any other generation. Now, and, you know, who knows? And that's a study by Deloitte. And that's just I don't know if it's social media. I don't know if it's the pandemic. I don't know exactly what is causing that. Um, maybe it's the isolation that we've been dealing with. Um, there are so many factors, right? But um, I think that it's one of those things where you know you should be doing it, but do you actually do it? Is is what I you know? It's like we all know that it would be great to exercise every day, but we don't always do that, right? Um, and so trying to introduce people to this journal practice or just any sort of like meditative practice. Has been really interesting because people jump on yoga so quickly. If I were a yoga certified teacher and I was offering yoga, they would probably love it. They, they would, you know, consider it, hire us for a class. But the journaling is really interesting because it takes. Well, some folks will reach out to us, let's say in January, and then they won't commit to an event with us until May, until they're like, oh, well, like we've actually thought about this, and it's. Uh, I, that's what I've seen. Um, And I think it's because it's, you know, it really is challenging. It's challenging to, um, you know, you and I have been journaling for for quite some time, but to face all of that, it's overwhelming. Um, But when you talk about how much it releases you from all the stress and anxiety, it allows you to organize, it allows you to, um, you know, it allows you to just articulate your thoughts a little bit better. Uh, When you talk about those benefits, people then start to get it. And I think that they just have to, they have to experience it on their own, because the way that I journal is going to be very different from how you journal. And to be honest, the way I was journaling five months ago is very different from how I'm journaling now. Uh, And so it's an interesting thing. Um, Like I said, uh, you know, people love the concept of uh, taking care of yourself so that you can be the best advocate you can be. But they don't always jump. They're not you know, super eager to journal right away.
1: <laughs> they got to do the work, you know. Uh, there's, yeah. there's so many good things in there that you said. By the way, you ever get into a position where you're in front of a very, you think you're going to be in, a, in front of a very tough audience. You let me know. I'll be there. I'm going to stand right by your side. i like, and furthermore, <laughs> you know, I, I found that. Thank you. Absolutely. I, whatever, whatever helps because – I have found that when people can feel understood at the level they're at, be shown the benefits to something um, without rattling and shaking their core, they become more open, like, Mm -hmm. huh, like, huh, exactly. And um because I found that the reason why adaptation of anything is because sometimes it's delivered in such extremes that people's natural nervous system, the fight or flight mode, kicks in. It's like, oh no, I don't have the time for that. And like, you know, but you know you've been told that that's actually a good thing and this and that, and this is what can happen. And it's just so much so fast. I'm gonna get to your anxiety depression thing here in a minute, but like I think it's so much so fast that People innately know what's good, but their bodies are already on a habit um, that has led them all the way up to today, and they go into fight or flight mode. And when you can kind of find them getting into some even tiny little bit of a critical thinking, like "Huh," I'm like "Yes, what are your thoughts about that?" <laughs> you start to yeah. kind of you start to see the wheels turn without their life being completely flipped upside down, and then they can start down the rabbit hole at their pace from there. The other thing that you brought up, the anxiety and depression amongst the millennials and Gen Z, here's interestingly enough, my thoughts around that are that um, I I also, yeah, I do believe that's uh, some circumstantial things in there, and I do believe in um, social media and algorithms and what that's doing as well. I also think that you have a highly aware this might sound funny to the older generations, but I also think you have a, a highly aware, um sensitive and I don't mean like sense like I, I like the way the old generation say sensitive I mean like sensitive right. like they can feel things like like really feel things and be like, wait a minute mm-hmm. this doesn't feel right concurrently, I also think that they look to older generations and be like something's not aligned up there for me to partake in. I'm being told a lot of, to partake in that. But it doesn't align something internally doesn't align where does that put me and if mm. we feel lost where does that put me that can be depressing that can be very anxious that can be identity crises that can be any number of things i think in a very unique situation which i know i you know i'm not trying to stir the pot but i think millennials and gen z are also really here to help the healing process Mm -hmm. once we get kind of past all the things that are happening (laughs) publicly, globally, with the way things are transitioning and shifting. Um, And that's why I talk a lot of times about old paradigm, new paradigm, because it's a different way of being. So Mm -hmm. that's where I think the anxiety and a lot of the depression comes from. I'll I'll bait the the other things like social media and the algorithms and all that stuff. But you see a lot of people are like, I've got these issues, but I want to figure them out. Just like you're mm-hmm. seeing from all these people who are journaling and all, right? Like, there's a lot of this kind of like. I'm sure I'd love to hear your your take on that. Like, are there a lot of people who've been like, yes, I'm feeling these things, but I'm let's let's talk about them. Let's actually deal with them. Let's deal with them. And I oh. feel like that this generation, that the, especially the millennials, um, and I kind of ride just on that edge of that because I'm why, but like the millennials and Gen Z are um, are really like, no, I actually want to deal with it. I want to deal with it. Like I think that's okay to talk about it. And older generations are go, 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 go in a system that has already kind of really been like, you know, this is how you do things. And this is what responsibility looks like, which isn't really looking so responsible anymore.
0: Yeah. Hey, (laughs) that's a sign of evolution, right? That's a sign of evolution. And I have a hard time with this. Um I journal about this a lot. What is right and what is wrong because their reality is so different from our reality today. And so that's that's the piece of mindfulness that I really like to remind people of. Look, like their reality is so different. They were de- they were dealing with, you know, loss and grief from World War II from from their parents generations and all of that stuff. We're dealing with a completely new set of Issues and improvements and wins, you know, and and I just don't I just don't want to discount those those wins. Um, To go back to your part what you were saying about anxiety is that the reason and and I've been taught this is the reason why we feel anxious is because we're not in the present. Right. So think about it. Any Mm -hmm. moment, you know, I've journaled about this a lot. Any moment that you're feeling off balance is because you're so worried about something that just happened and you don't know how to deal with it. And you can't go into the past. you don't have control over that. Or in the environmental space, people are so worried about the future, which is their biggest strength. But it's also one of our biggest weaknesses, because it's very, we feel so empathetic towards it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it, it weighs down on your soul and your spirit, because you are essentially paralyzed with what to do moving forward. So you feel anxious. And that's where anxiety comes from. It's when you are way too far in the past or way too far in the future. And you are not focusing and centered on the present. And that's why journaling has been honestly just such a magical thing for me because it allows, it just allows me to stay still and it allows me to stay present. Um, And another piece that I'll say to that too is um, there are patterns. And so it, so if you're able to record and write um, and revisit all of these times that you feel anxious, then you're able to maybe peel back a layer and you're like, wait a second, every single time I move or every single time around this time of the year, I feel this way. Why? Uh, and so that's what I've noticed. You know, for me, it's every single time that. I enter into a new friendship or relationship, I feel really, really, really anxious sometimes because maybe I'm like, okay, how? as an entrepreneur, I'm very diligent with my time. Yes. And so I'm very, and I've noticed this in, in just any, when I started grad school, I was starting a new phase of my life and I was meeting new friends and I was so anxious about my social life. Nothing was bad in my social life. I was just overwhelmed and anxious about it. Mm-hmm. But that was because I was like, okay, who... I don't want to say, it. who can I give most of my energy to? Who can I get, you know, my time to? And this is a whole new set of people. Um, and same with, you know, same with anything else in your life. I think it's important to record that because yes. what you said earlier, things are happening at a hundred miles, 200 miles per hour, and we're not going to be able to retain that. But guess what? Writing things down, pen to paper, you're so much slower at writing than typing. (laughs) So then your brain kind of matches that speed. Um, And I think the beauty in in that is even if you're just writing aimlessly and and your subconscious thoughts are just flowing through your hand onto paper, uh, there's still a lot of truth to that. And there's still a lot of who you are in that. And so it's beautiful to just have that on record and you don't have to publish it anywhere. You just write it down and it's for you for reflection and it's for again, healing and articulation.
1: So I feel like writing forces you to think and right, you know, and it, it puts you in this kind of place of, I'm thinking about what I'm writing while I'm writing it and, um, and then allowing whatever to flow through me. Um, and so I, I love that you brought that up, um, you know, the the power of writing it down. Um, and I love what you're talking about with anxiousness because, yeah, you know, as, uh, and anybody listening, you know, it's kind of that, that whole famous, like, if you're sad, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. Um, the goal is to get present. But it, it's very true, the anxiousness. Um, I always tell people you will, uh, to, to piggyback off of then what you said about um, energy and time, what are you doing with your time? The irony, I, everybody, I tell everybody, I'm like, we're all the problem and the solution. Yeah. I know we want to go to everybody and get the advice. I know it. I know. And you're like, and you want to get a lots of advice from a lot of different people. We're the solution. When you slow down and journal and write things out and think through stuff, when you start to think about your emotions, think about your energy, think about your time how are you using your time where is your energy going this is the this is the it's free this doesn't cost anything it's but it's accountability mm-hmm. and i have found that the more you do that the more the anxiety goes away because you're present because you're like no i know i'm doing this and i know why i'm doing this and i know what i have scheduled because i'm the one who scheduled it and i know you know um where i'm going next and i know what i'm clear on and i know <laughs> what i want and all these things remove anxiety. Anxiety, I feel, a lot of times comes from, and I think we talked about this on your podcast, um, a lack of clarity in a lot of ways too. And where do we get clarity? By becoming present, you know? And especially in this day and age where things are so different. And my sister, who is a um, uh, a corporate... Person for many many years sent me a beautiful article this morning about entrepreneurship and a corporate person who who got out of entre- or got out of corporate and went into entrepreneurship and what this individual learned in the first two years eleven things and and they were incredible and one of them really was the um, that we we the life we lead now really is about more flexibility with understanding our time and why that. 9 to 5 kind of doesn't work in some ways. I'm not saying everybody like out there right now quit your job or anything like that. But it was just the, this person's reflection and from journaling <laughs> was sort of like, wow, because we've got these lives that are always happening and when we're more present and we know the things that we have to do and there's no set, you know, like we, when we start to create what our day looks like, it's a lot different than, oh, I'm just clocking in 9 to 5, you right. know. So, but yeah, so you brought up so many really great, great, (laughs) beautiful points.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting and and similar to what I was saying earlier, maybe nine to five was the best solution back when we were just discovering the internet. Yes. (laughs) You know, now that, now that I feel like nine to five worked because... You know, back then, not everybody had Wi-Fi or not everybody had the the computers and all of that stuff, and they had to the hours uh, like we had to work based on the operating hours of that business, right, right? right? And that was those were the open doors for to be able to work on your assignments, but now these things, these laptops, they're mobile. Uh, and so we can go anywhere with them. And it's interesting because who knows what that will look like in the future, right. but there will be another evolution. And um, I think what's important about being mindful as well, and, and the journaling and, and all of this in your work is also being flexible and forgiving yes. yourself uh, and not judging yourself Amen. because I do believe that and I'll speak on, you know, from the climate journal perspective, there are there's a lot of talk right now about privilege and I think it's amazing that we're honoring, you know, we're 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 very open and honoring the privileges that we have. But what I do find is people also feel anxious about that or guilty about that, but you know, because just because you know, some environmental students, they feel really guilty sometimes that they've never had to uh, worry about clean drinking water. But guess what? They're sitting day after day in an environmental class, in a global public health class, dedicating hours and days out of out of their year to to figure out solutions to make it better. I'm like, no, you can't judge yourself because not only, yes, you do have these privileges and same for me, right? Like I've been able to travel the world and I've been able to live in different areas of the world just by being a daughter of my parents but i can't blame that experience um because it's made me who i am today and it's making me it's it's honing in on my vision it's making my vision clear um and so if i continue with judgment then i'm just continuing to add on to that bucket of anxiousness and that you know i guess to bring it back to just the main the main message today is we can't continue, we can't be our productive self and we can't be the best advocate and the best leaders that we can be if we are holding on to all of these anxious feelings. We have to release it and we have to allow ourselves to make a mistake some days. We're not perfect, perfectionism doesn't exist. And so allowing that free yourself that freedom to rest Yes. Um, learn from your mistakes, but then also, you know, not judge yourself, because the minute that you stop judging yourself, you, you don't really have the capacity to judge others. <laughs> it's interesting how it works that way. Yeah. Um, so so, yeah, I would just say, you know, all of this it just comes comes full circle in terms of just taking care of yourself because you're p- part of the planet. So
1: such a powerful message and yeah, I, you know, we've talked about, I think you and I have talked about judgment before and it's, um, judging other people that's gotta go. Um, and, um, often at times when I see people judge and it, and it happens, it can happen to anybody. I've worked very hard not to, it's a practice often and it's easy to get tripped up and be like, Okay, let me take a moment, (laughs) you know, um, showing other people grace um, is such a great practice because um, often at times I feel like people judge other people because they're not understanding other aspects of themselves. Then there's the phase of understanding more aspects of yourselves. And to your point, feeling guilty as you learn more about yourself. I remember years ago I started I had gone through that. It's not to say I don't have it anymore. I can still have it every now and then. Um, I always remind myself to show myself grace, um, especially in in becoming more and more. And um, but yeah, you can when you and I think the reason why a lot of people avoid doing the work is because of all the things that they'll find. And I'm here to say to back you up as well that doing the work. Um, is actually, a, it's 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 not as bad as people make it out to be when you couple it with grace. Like, you're just doing the work to look at things finally and say, "Oh, that's interesting to know that about me." Oh, and you know what? Like, and it's okay because I'm take like to your point, taking the time to actually do it is a beautiful thing. So therefore, like show yourself some grace. Don't feel guilty. Um, but it, it's natural if you do. It happens. So I don't want to like tell people, you know, <laughs> you know, oh, don't you dare ever feel guilty. It's like it happens. It absolutely happens. I know for me I was like, oh man, I could have saved so much time. Oh man, why'd I handle that situation that way? Oh why'd I do that? Like, oh my God, could I have been somewhere else like much further along than I had anticipated. You go through every emotion when you start to deal with your emotions, which is oh, probably yeah. why probably why a lot of people don't like to deal with their emotions. But But I think it's such a beautiful thing because you brought up an awesome point when we show ourselves more grace and uh, remove judgment. Think about how that impacts everybody else that we come into contact with, right?
0: Yeah, I agree. I'll give an example. Uh, The other night I had a girls' night with some of my best girlfriends and uh, they were saying we were just kind of talking about life and one of my girlfriends mentioned that when she is dealing with something emotional – she tends to just shut down Mm -hmm. and I agreed with her. I was like, you know, I would do the same thing. And my two other girlfriends who were my previous roommates and I've just known them for like over a decade now, they were (laughs) both of, I've lived with both of them at different times in my lives. they're like, we know that about you, Yvonne. Like when you're upset, you it's, it's, you don't fight, you, you, it's flight for you. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> um, and one of my best girlfriends goes, yeah, we, we lived in the same room in college and you didn't talk to me for five days. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I you're right. Like I absolutely did that. And it was interesting because it's been a pattern, right? A, a lot of people have noticed that about me. And what I mentioned to them was, you know, it's funny because I've, I've noticed that about myself and I do that because there have been people in my life that have reacted in such yes. a, uh, it, they, I've seen people react in a really harmful way. And I think I've trained myself not to want to be like that. And so I fly, like I don't, I, I, I deal with my emotions, but like a few days later. And so you know, typically I would probably feel guilty about that, and but I, I told them like, thank you guys for mentioning that because that's something that I've noticed about myself. I do that quite often, um, and so now you know I understand that five days is probably a little bit too much for people that I love, um, and so now giving myself the permission to yes, take that time that I need, but then also respecting other people's boundaries and respecting what other people need from me. Is something that you have to learn, and guess what? These are friendships of over ten years. Um, that took that's taken a lot of work. When you take it to when you take this same scenario of doing the work, um, not outside of relationships and outside of friendships, but in you know, in your everyday um, social and environmental impact sometimes you don't see the results right away. And so that's where the that's where the permission to allow yourself to just you know learn and grow from from challenging areas that's where that comes in because I guess my whole point is like preparing yourself to have those setbacks or preparing yourself to learn a little bit more because you, you can't really as much as you are uh, running towards your goal, that path to get there is not always, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to, it's, it's going to be pretty bumpy, but it's not always bumpy if you're open to it. So pack, pack light, um, and be prepared for, for the adventure because I think that that's what life has in store for us. Right. If one thing's certain, it's that, um, nothing certain.
1: <laughs> right. I love that. And thank you for, sh- thank you for sharing that about yourself. I, um, I'll put my hat in and, and use an example of me as well to, to be equally vulnerable. I, um, I can talk. And so I, like you, can shut down. That's when people know like, oh, shit, <laughs> like, because they know yeah. if I'm not talking, oh, okay, he's shutting down. Um, so I realized for me, and this could be a great hack for anybody to try. I realized that in shutting down, it was okay to give myself time. We all need that. But previously, and I'll tell you what the hack is here in a minute. Previously, um, I wouldn't necessarily understand why I was shutting down. I just knew I didn't like it. And I might, I might have the emotion kind of running the thought scenario in my head or just not, like, or just kind of just shut down and give myself a few days, right? Or however much time I need. <clears throat> in more recent years, I lean into it. Now what I do as a hack is I actually let the person know, listen, I'm feeling some kind of things here and I'm not entirely sure what they are. I just need a moment to myself so I can better um, understand what you are saying to me right now. Uh, Meaning if it's directed at me or if any, any point it's, you know, whatever it might be. Let me better understand what's happening, both from your perspective and let me feel through it a little bit before I just respond to you or don't respond and just, you know, whatever, go somewhere else. I found that um, and the reason I started doing that was like, oh, I get it. That's that's leading from the heart. That's like, you know, I'm being honest with the other individual and saying, I know what I'm about to do. (laughs) I think I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to do first but then I'm going to get back to you. Is that is that a, you know, you you're going to be okay with that? And 100% of the time they be like, "Yeah, absolutely." And then and it's interesting because it forms a bond a lot of times, even more cuz they're like, "Thank you." And I'm like, "Yeah, no problem. I'll get back to you, but thank you for like listening as well and showing again back to what beginning, right? Gratitude and respect." And um, and then what's interesting, I have found from that hack is when I I then because I've been working so hard on my relationship with myself, I've also learned that like what somebody may be feeling about you or whatever it might be. I mean, obviously, if you've done something, you should acknowledge that. Of course, I, I'm thinking more of the times like where maybe you didn't do anything and you're really feeling good. One of my things is I used to I used to think about what the person might be saying and then almost kind of try to prove to them that that's not that or whatever it might be. Right. And this has actually happened in several different occasions. but, um. And so now, by grounding more and having a better relationship with myself, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. Def- I wouldn't try to prove. I, I wouldn't try to go into my prover mode and like and how that's not that and whatever you're thinking. It's not that. I instead give myself the time, and then I go back to the individual and say, "Hey, I think I'm ready to talk about you know whatever now. Um, and let me tell you what was kind of coming up for me. And I'd love to share that with you. Um, and you know." And I had to ask myself like, "Mm, did I do something in this scenario that I need to bring some more attention to? Yes, I did. My apologies. You know, I didn't see this, 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 or no, I didn't. And I feel very comfortable on my position, which makes me want to hear even more about yours. Where was that coming from? What's going on with you? I would love to learn more now. Now we're taking radical accountability and responsibility, and I'm not giving up, you know, my like self to try to prove. Because I, because I wanted, you know, because I love peace amongst people. Like I want everybody to feel good, but not at the cost of me. And that was a really big learning lesson over time. It can't come at the cost of me. Like if I'm in my what's right for me and in my heart, and I'm operating from a very high standard of of you know, of value, values. Um, I'm not going to give those up just because somebody else might be upset. But I'm definitely wanting to learn more. So.
0: Wow. I respect that and I hear that and I, I'm, I'm taking all of that and I, I love it because it's something that, um, it's something that I, it's something that I resonate with so deeply, right? It's, it's the same thing. I, I talk so much and I'm such a social person. I, I'm the ultimate extrovert, but when we shut down, it's very, right. <laughs> very noticeable, Uh, And so it's interesting. And I guess to bring back journaling into this, journaling has helped me do what what you're describing. Mm -hmm. Um, It allows me, yeah, again, about the articulation, it's it's like, okay, the reason maybe why in the past it had taken me like so long to get back to people is because I just, it was so up here Mm -hmm. with no release. I mean, from time to time, you take out your iPhone's notes and you type in there, but honestly, the pen to paper, it it just hits different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That that practice hits so different, and it's a very therapeutic thing, but it's also just so cleansing. Um, Because, you know, I think that when you react to anger or uh, disappointment in, I don't know, a project or a colleague or whatever whatever it is in that moment, um, when you react to that, it's a, uh, it's not the healthiest release because it's sometimes not necessarily their fault, but when you release it on paper, then not a lot of people get hurt. So, true. <laughs> so um, so yeah, thank you.
1: No, yeah. you're, you're so true. And, uh, I noticed a lot of that for me did come from journaling because I would sit and I would write in the morning, just whatever was coming up and. And it was interesting to write whatever comes up because, again, to everybody listening, it can be good or bad. Like, I don't really like to use those words because it's whatever you want to make it. But, like, it was just information. That's all it really was. And it's interesting to see, like, well, that's interesting. I wonder where that's coming from. Like, I'd like to observe that. Um, and And just not to to go back to the point but it was just like i wanted everybody that that was listening to us to say like there's times that i'm wrong too absolutely like i want to know
0: 100 when
1: i'm wrong and why and and, and acknowledge and, be like, and, and because i also want to show respect to somebody else but like i can see how that yeah my apologies and thank you for you know giving me also the space to like actually understand that even better you know, because, um, I again, radical ownership and accountability. But, yeah, to your exact point, the journaling has really helped um, understand what's coming up and why without bringing that much more energy of it. Because when we, like, take it out on people and we take it out on the world, which we're also witnessing in some ways from a lot of what's going on, it... It compounds and it expands. And I don't think that that's necessary when, if we take a few moments to understand what's coming up for ourselves and why, and then what we can do from there, it's a whole different, like, ball game. And it doesn't, you know, we're not like your point, like, nobody else has to read it. And it allows us the space, like, our, our freedom to kind of like understand well, what do I want to do next with this? Um, Versus taking it out on the world and everybody in your path. Um, so the power of journaling, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love
1: it. Yeah. And what um what do you what do you have coming up next with with uh, the climate journal project?
0: Ooh, we uh, are. You know, this was Earth Month was uh, April, the month of April, and so what we did was we did weekly journal sessions so every wednesday we were doing 30 minute low commitment um events Mm -hmm. where people can come uh listen to the prompt that we pose and journal with us and we had live music we we added a little twist to it this time uh usually we would just play music on spotify or something but we had an environmentalist come play who was also a musician come play share his talents uh with the audience and then journal share uh, and then, in the next few months, we're really um, just focusing on releasing our podcasts and working with different organizations and higher ed institutions. It just seems that a lot of the higher ed groups are really passionate about, you know, if you if you think about this, the same way that we're now working from home, everybody's schooling from home. and that's not an experience that I've ever uh, gone through. And so to for folks to just completely transition, um, to just going to school, the the whole point of school and what was so fun about it was the social aspect, at least for me as an extrovert, you know? And to not have that um, has really affected people and caused a lot of anxiousness. And so um, while our focus at Climate Journal Project has been a lot of environmental work, a lot of how can you be more productive in climate action and environmental work, while prioritizing yourself and and kind of bringing wellness into that, Um, we're also looking to tap into just focusing on the journaling session. So regardless of who you are, regardless of if you're an environmentalist, um, how can you use the power of journaling in your life? So um, no specific projects yet in that regard, but really I want to start hosting um, these sessions and open it up to more people regarding journaling. So just stay tuned. Um, We can be found on theclimatejournalproject.com. Instagram is climatejournalproject. uh, And then um, our podcast will be released. But if you want, if folks wanted to sign up for weekly uh, journal prompts, you can sign up on our website. And if you wanted to attend those journal sessions as well, everyone's welcome. They're free.
1: Incredible. On Instagram, uh, the Project or climatejournalproject?
0: The, yeah. And, Last but not least, we actually have a journal book um, that was yes, released early of this year. Um, and so we got our very first run of printed journals um, this week, and, and we're sending them out just in time for Earth Month. So those are available online or on our website. We were fully funded through our Kickstarter campaign, and so we're very grateful um, for the community of folks that care so deeply about climate work and anxiety and alleviating that.
1: So for those of us, and I brought this up to you, I think a few weeks ago, now that you're officially have the journal (laughs) in hand, for those of us that want to pay full retail, I want everybody to join me on that. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. To pay pay full retail. Thank you so much. Yeah. um, So for those of us, though, like that weren't part of the Kickstarter, uh, because I told you, I was like, I'm paying full retail. Um, (laughs) Is it it possible now, like if I go right to the the website and and all that?
0: Yes, it is. Um, We have our shop set up and everything, and we've got the inventory um, in my living room so
1: <laughs> I love it that's incredible
0: yeah up until just until we we get the Kickstarter um, packages out uh, I wanted to personalize those for I mean I'll, I'll personalize yours Matt I was I was just gonna say yeah <laughs> I'm
1: like i i wanna I want to note at the very beginning you know and uh, I want to personalize so um yeah. but yeah incredible incredible um cool I'll probably order mine then today. Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it is, you're right, it is Earth month. My birthday is, four, it is. My, my birthday is 422. I know 420 is Earth Day. That's my sister's birthday. But.
0: Uh,
1: what? Yeah. I'm
0: 426. Oh, ah, nice. This
1: makes a lot of sense. Yep, yep. <laughs> Tours, Earth signs, grounded mm-hmm. individuals, I'd like to think. Uh, a little stubborn, yeah. a little stubborn at times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've learned to oh, channel yeah. the stubbornness for good. But um, right, right, exactly. (laughs) Still Um, working on it. Yep, me too. Every day, (laughs) (laughs) it's incredible. Well, I mean, uh, thank you so much, you know, for being on the show. uh, And I tell this every guest, it's it's a journey driven podcast, so you're welcome back on anytime. I really feel that you're only at the beginning of a very very long journey, um, like a beautiful long journey, um, and it's very warranted. So I look forward to seeing how that's going to expand because, um, you know, the world needs help and healing. We are constantly working on ourselves and here to help others go through the process. Um, and so it's a long journey and, uh, you know, I'm grateful to meet other warriors along the way (laughs) that are like, Hey, Okay, what do you got that we can help you know everybody with? Um, so I really honor and respect you for that. And uh, so it'd be great to have you come back on at any given time. We could talk about some other aspect of what you're learning, both in building out the project, but also in, um, in building the movement or just about yourself and your entrepreneurial endeavors. Um, and I uh, just appreciate you coming on the show.
0: Thanks, Matt. Um, all in all, thank you for being you. Uh, and hosting hosting so many wonderful people i've listened to so many of your podcasts and it's just it's it's really amazing how um energy attracts energy you know and and, um i really appreciate yeah you and the work that you do and just continuing to inspire people to to get on this self-help you know like just helping yourself um will continue to help others so i really appreciate that and and yeah Um, To all your listeners, thank you for listening, and um, we'll see you all around.
1: Absolutely. Everybody listening, um, The Climate Journal Project on Insta, theclimatejournalproject.com. You can find Yvonne over at um, theclimatejournalproject.com and on Insta. You know, probably look for one of the tags. You'll probably find her, and then you can reach out to her as well if you're interested in following along on her entrepreneurial journey or just her journey of life. Um, and, um, you know, uh, feel free if you have any questions to reach out to her. Um, this is a really great time that if you're thinking about, um, just grounding yourself more and finding outlets, finding good people, finding communities, which I've got some really cool things coming up with that and bringing, uh, and Yvonne doesn't know this yet, bringing people like her into what I'm, I'm trying to create community wise coming up. Uh, but you know, these things, whatever, these things are, and people are resources. Um, so you're not alone. We all go through this stuff. <laughs> you're all, and by the way, like, it's a never ending process. So, Keep that in mind that like um, even when you look at some of us and say, oh, wow, like that's easy for you to say you're further along. Let me tell you something. I have days that (laughs) you wouldn't want mine. And by the way, I want to leave on this one thing. Uh, And uh, my mother told me this uh, some time ago. I think it was a couple years back. And she said if everybody were to take out their problems and put it on the table in front of everybody else, everybody would reach right back for their own problems and take them back. And it was a very interesting thing to, to realize, like, we all have our own things that we're dealing with. And none of us want anybody else's things once we all see everybody has things, <laughs> you know? So, mm-hmm. right? You know, she's like, if everybody were to take out their problems and put them right on the table in front of everybody else, just like that. And we all, like, look around each other. The first <laughs> problems you would reach right back for, for the most part, for the most part. Mm-hmm. But the first set of problems you'd reach right back for would be your own. And it, really think about that. But because you may be so happy, but like maybe you're having financial problems, or somebody else may be so healthy, but maybe they're having, you know, whatever other problems. But then this person over here, you know what I mean? Like you're all kind of like, oh wow, like I, I, I'm glad I'm not unhealthy, or I'm glad I'm not this, you're but right. I, but oh, okay, I have to still work on this. So okay, I'll just do it, you know. Um, but anyway, so it was a great analogy that she gave me. For everybody listening, check out the uh, Climate Project. Uh, Journal uh, climatejournalproject.com for uh, my amazing, incredible guest, Yvonne Quaresma and myself, Matt Gottesman, for The Hustle Sold Separately. We appreciate you. I love you guys. Please keep the ratings and reviews coming in. Apple loves it. That's how they let more people know about what we're doing here. I appreciate you guys, and we're out.